You are now listening to Pull Hook Golf, an unfiltered golf podcast taking you inside the ropes with unfiltered stories, insights, analysis, and exclusive interviews. Welcome back, everybody, to Pull Hook Golf, the podcast. My name is Matt Cook. Next to me is Mr. Bobby Brown. And boy, oh boy, do we have a special episode tonight. I feel like I say that all the time, Bobby, but we've got a live episode. It is the very first live episode that we are putting together. It is on millions.co. Oh boy, Bobby, I don't know what else to say there other than the fact that this is episode number 79 of the Pull Hook Golf Podcast. <laughs> Whew, we're going to go over the Tour Championship recap. We're going to talk about the Walker Cup that is upcoming this weekend. Yes. We're going to yeah. talk about the Ryder Cup with the USA Captain's Picks came out today by Zach Johnson. There's a little controversy around there. Twitter is in an uproar around it, so we'll certainly provide a lot of analysis around those picks. And then ultimately, what do we watch this week? Because there's no PGA Tour events. There's no Corn Ferry events. So we will certainly get into, and I already dropped a little secret there about uh, that Walker Cup. Uh, a lot yes. of people are going to be tuning in around that. It's kind of the perfect time with the, there not being a PGA Tour event. But Bobby... Shout yeah. out to our live audience that is yeah. coming into us right now. So, folks, feel free to drop in some comments for Bobby and I, and uh, we will certainly be answering them towards the end of the episode. So we have a live audience Q&A that's going to take place. I don't expect there to be many people on tonight just because it's our very first one, Bobby, and it's a little bit late on the East Coast. I, I know... I was talking to my brother-in-law before this, and he's like, oh, man, you know I'm going to be asleep by then. But I told him that I was going to call out the uh, gentleman that uh, Jed, his name is Jed, Bobby. And when I was on the interview with the Fat Perez, we talked about how handicaps drive us nuts at member guests. Because the good players always get screwed over by the handicap system in okay. member gas. Guys come in with just these loaded handicaps. So, Jed, I'm calling you out. I want a rematch, and I want to, I, Jimmy said he'd fly me in. So just let him know when and where. I'm like a, I'm like a fighter right now, Bobby. Let's right. go. Let's right. get it on. But let's start be- off. I thought you might be nervous, but you actually seem quite relaxed. I'm quite relaxed right now. Calling out people on our very first live stream of the Pull Hook Golf podcast. And uh, let's talk a little bit about the Tour Championship and Victor Hovland's dominance, Bobby. How impressed were you? I mean, I was 68, 64, 66, 63. That's pretty impressive. That'll win you you $18 million in a big big Tiffany FedEx trophy that'll make your caddy extremely, extremely wealthy. And I mean, I think we just, I think we just added a name that in that handful, that handful of names that we toss around that who's the best player in the world, because it seems to change every three or four weeks, but I think he's officially joined the uh, John Rom, Scotty Scheffler deal. Wow. Right now. Do you agree with that? I mean, it, and now is he part of the big, He's the third wheel of the big three right now, or he sure looks like it, doesn't he? He's so impressive, man. I here's love everything. Here's the thing. What? Victor like Hovland. Here's, the, here's thing. the thing, Bobby. Victor Hovland. Thing. He went from looking like a fraternity 
frat guy, college student who just took a massive rip of a bong out there, just smiling, his eyes are squinty, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, in the last couple weeks of the year, it seems like he matured right in front of our very eyes, and he turned into this true disciplined professional, almost machine-like. So what was the big thing that I noticed was the fact that he was all business, man. There were no smiles out there. He was dead locked in. He was serious. Yeah. He was in the zone. You sound surprised. I mean, it's a tour championship. Who's not going to be all business when you're leading and when you're playing great like that? I mean, those guys, I don't care if you're battling for 27th or 28th, 29th or 30th. Those guys are, you know, those guys are those 30 best players in PGA Tour last year. They're all business all the time. They're the best players on, on our tour. They deserve the right to be there. And it was just an ultra sick performance by somebody that we're going to see many more ultra sick performances by. I'll tell you, I get, you got to give a little shout out to his coach, Joe, Joe Mayo. Good old know, Joe Mayo. Of, yeah, Joe Mayo out of Vegas. He's kind of a Grant Wade, Mike, you know, Andy Bennett, Mike Plummer. He's kind of some of these guys, Dana Dahlquist. They all kind of teach the a little, I don't want to call it stack and tilt anymore because these guys are more numbers oriented, scientific guys. And he is kind of a different, I think we talked about him an episode or two ago. I like him. He's a, he's a really, he's a, he's a character. He's a poker player on the side. Um, he'll rib a oh, little insight there. Poker yeah, player. Didn't know that. You're not going to yeah, read no, that in golf no, digest. Yeah. I actually, I think I threw that in a couple a couple episodes ago, but he's a math and science and, and numbers guy and he knows his stuff. And, and, and I was reading up today. I didn't know Victor was so into those analytics and that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, and they're just a match made in heaven. And, and he has just hit a run, a run for the ages right now. His iron game is sick. His putting is sick. His short game was obviously the only tool that was outside of the shed, if that makes any sense. And now he's bought into that. His short game is fine. He's getting up and down from everywhere. And he just pretty much handled those guys out there. Um, first two days, it looked like it was Colin Marcaro. It was obviously going to be the one to beat. And he had another Colin Marcaro weekend. I think he went like 70, 72 or something like that and faded back pretty late. Um, you know, I thought it was you know, the, you know, our big thing we talk about, man, on the PGA Tour is like, how do you handle a five or six shot lead? Usually, you know, what True. was the big lead that Morikawa had at, at, at uh, in oh, Kapalua? Yeah. Was that a nine shot lead at one point that he pissed back? Was it, it that was bad? Nine, well, it was a, either a nine shot lead or a seven shot lead with nine to go. It was just, you, you remember, he started dumping the chips and everywhere yeah. around. So I never thought something like that was going to happen to to. Victor, because he just doesn't seem like he's that type of player where he's going to get off the rails and and continue off the rails. Uh, what I mean by getting off the rails is when guys get off the rails, they get off the rails mentally too, quite a bit, Matt. And um, you know, I watched a lot of it. I watched it for four days straight, hours on end. My my posse's back in school. Everybody's back in school now, and so I have plenty of time on my hand. And I will tell you that at least Xander made it interesting for about forty five minutes or an hour with the rocket start that he got up to on Sunday, and so that made it interesting. Um, I think he cut it down to about a three shot lead when they were on 14 and um victor made that 20 25 footer to say par and, and then he came back with a quick birdie two holes later and that was all she wrote and and how about xander i mean he shoots 60 he looks like he's gonna shoot 59 out there he ends up shooting 62 you know in that 62 i think he had three putts inside 10 feet that looked like they were going in for birdie too but he definitely went about his business and uh he put a little bit of squeeze on victor but the cream rose to the top there i mean give xander a shout out 67 64 68 62 
not too bad. Great. Uh, a nice little week after for Wyndham Clark. He had a great Sunday. You know, he finished third at 16 under. I don't even know what that pays, but I think it was probably like anywhere from three, four, five, three, four, five million, something like that. I, I obviously Victor was. Yeah, a, a, a Victor was eighteen million dollars. That's that's one point eight, and I think that's his. I think it's actually twenty. I think eighteen million is cash, and two million goes into some kind of um, structured deal. I don't know what the word I'm looking for. Um, retirement or something. You're 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 probably a college graduate. I don't know all that smart stuff. But my point is, is his caddy got swooped out a check for one point eight million dollars. I mean, that's life-changing for a caddy. I mean, Victor's sitting there saying, I live in Oklahoma. Like, there's yeah, money, money goes, goes a long, long way. way. <laughs> like, there's not a whole lot that I need. What a perfect, you know, what a, what a perfect answer. He's out there for, you know, I, I think when you get that caliber of player, it's all about championships and trophies and the, mo- and the money is just an added bonus. Of course, who, who they all think about the money at, at, at one point, but they don't, they sure don't show it. That's actually $2.1 million for Shea Knight, his caddy, in the last two weeks. $2.1 million. I was I was going through the math. He made $39 million this year. Shea's not getting – caddies don't – you know, there's some kind of rumor going around social media that caddies get 10% of everything. Well, maybe one – maybe three guys out of 100 get 10% across the board, and they've cut some kind of deal to take a lower weekly or something like that. But, this, but the standard rate out there to, for everybody to know is, is usually 10% off a win and 8% seven or eight percent depending on the the player for for not necessarily top 10 for everything else and then you can get your little cheapy cheapy guys koreans you know that's still <laughs> a couple of them still go 10, 10 7 and 5 and trying to hit you at a low weekly rate but it was just it was a, it was a great week unfortunately you know the week started off horrible on thursday for well actually, i actually think i started it started horrible on tuesday of last week for rory I know he went back home for a couple of days, somehow injured his back, probably being a dad or something like that. And he just never, he never got loose, but God, did he fight it out to finish fourth at 14 under or whatever. And he couldn't even keep the club in his hand for, for two days. You know, it was just full on damage control, uh, you know, damage control on his back and damage control on the golf course. And Patrick Cantlay slipped into a top five at 13 under you call in Tommy Fleet. Well, listen to these names, Scotty Scheffler, T6, Scotty Scheffler got the yips, bro. We called it. He got the yips. I, you're the one who called him a choke artist. I never said that. That was all you. You got to take responsibility for that. I, I do. I, I feel bad shock. about it. I'm, I'm not happy that I said it, but I had to say it. <laughs> I like how you try to cover yourself and you're like, I'm not saying this. I'm saying this as motivation. And I'm like, yeah. Scotty's listening to our podcast and he needs Bob and Matt's fucking. You know, he's going to be Bobby. He's going to be in the near future. But here's the thing the reason why I said that was on this chat. it just, it was a, it, it's, not, tough, it's tough to watch. But at the same time, I thought about it even further, right? So most players, think of Ben Hogan, for instance. He fought the pull hook. So sure enough, what do you have, have to do throughout his career? He had to learn how to swing to where he'd never hit a hook, especially mm-hmm. under pressure. Scotty mm-hmm. Scheffler's his mountaintop that he needs to overcome is learning mm-hmm. how to handle pressure, especially with the flat stick. I don't agree with you. 
I'm just going to say that it's our live episode. We can go for a debate right now, but I don't agree with you. You don't have that much success over three or four years. And, and the, I'll tell you what the mountaintop he's got to get over is to start seeing putts go in and he's getting a little yippy stroke because when it goes for months and months like this and you, and you go Yahtzee and every stat possible on the PGA tour and you don't win three or four times it it all comes down to putting and we've all and man it's quite simple we've all been witnessing it on television for for two months now did you see he had old faithful back in the bag last he definitely week? did and, and yeah. i was talking about it this morning is that yeah that that's not going to help because you yeah. have two completely different feels you're yeah. going from a spider yeah. a tailor-made spider to yeah. a scotty cameron blade putter and it's like there's two totally different fields well of course there is but i think the transition would have been harder because he had old faithful for how many years going back to the corn fairy let's just call it minimum six or True. seven years probably longer then he goes with the tape then he goes with the human nature i call it the human nature pga pro experiment you got to put something on a bench for a while so i think that transition was probably the one that was harder and then i think going back to old faithful was probably a much smoother transition for him granted he missed two putts by two and a half two two and a half footers that i that i saw and he he missed a few others and he's hit a lot of putts that aren't really coming you know that aren't really you know scaring the hole you know what the deal is you know one of the reasons honestly honest engine why it looks so bad is because we saw him make so many putts the year before last right every time he had to make a putt i know your big thing is oh he four putted augusta and that kind of stuff well, yeah he, <laughs> you he knew was i was waiting yeah. to break that he, in there you know i had a 40 shot lead you could be you know you can four putt and get away with that you yeah but that's pressure it. bobby that's not the yips oh. Your that's brother, pressure you know, i've seen i've i've seen it up close numerous times i know what what pressure i know what pressure can do to these guys but you know um i just i think with all his success and all his accolades and honestly all of his w's that i just don't you, you know i don't think it's a it could, I just but even think go it, back to the match play against sam burns yeah well i mean yeah. there's a lot of examples as to him struggling under pressure but here's the thing. He's so good and he's so talented yeah. with every other club in the bag. Yeah. And yes, I mean, there could be a great debate between does he have the yips or does he struggle with pressure? Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's the, I, I think there's a hitch in his get along. You know, I think that there's, there's something wrong. That there's something missing right there or, you, you know, putting is. Well, did you putting, see what his putting stat was for the week? He finished 30th. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, Out turn of 30 it up players. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, say no more. He finished sixth. I mean, he got beat 16 shots. I mean, he got beat 16 shots and he had a, and a, he had a huge head start, you know, but he's just, I, I don't, yes, I do think there's a little pressure in there, but I think the pressure is probably developed from the fact that he made all these things when he needed to, to win golf tournaments last year. And now all of a sudden he wasn't making them. How many times? He still won twice this year, right? Still won twice this year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. He, yeah, he won twice, year, but he just did it. He just did it early, you know, so you, you could, you know, we've said it before on the show, you can make a case that he could have won four or five times this year if the pressure and the putting doesn't kick in. So they both start with P. So we're both right. Cause it's one of those two. And it's honestly probably a combination of both of those. I get it, you know, but you know, he's getting a little off season now and he's got some, probably some work to do in the off season. I'm sure he doesn't have much going on. He's going to play. You know, he's going to play the Ryder Cup coming up. And it, I don't expect to see him until we roll around in January and February now that we're going back to this old school schedule that we've had in the past. You know, um, for people that don't know, these guys that made it to the Tour Championship, they 
can they will not be playing in the fall. You might randomly see a couple of them play at um, uh, well, obviously. You, you know, Keegan is defending champion at, at Zozo, but this we start up in two weeks here in Napa, and it's basically for number 71 through 200 that are playing in these tournaments. And and some guys that finished in the top 125 last year, and we're all jockeying for that number for the best number to 71 for our priority. More importantly, for most of those guys, it's getting inside the 125 to retain your status and your, your tour card next year. So, not to take away from the championship, it was a great week. I mean, you know, there was a couple disappointments. There were a couple bloodbaths there on Sunday. I mentioned Colin had a horrible Sunday. Um, the one guy that I didn't want to have a horrible Sunday, Keegan Bradley, because I just root for him so much. And he's such a good dude. And he's so passionate. And he's just so he's just if you had a daughter, you'd want to you'd want her to marry Keegan. That's the way <laughs> I kind of say it. If you had a daughter, you'd want her to marry Keegan because he's just a great guy and he's a great person to, to be around. And he's a he's a complete He's a complete very professional and he's very passionate and he just had a terrible day with 73. He couldn't wait to get it to the house. Um, he still slipped in the top 10 T9. It pays a lot of money, but it wasn't good enough. You know, I don't want to jump into Ryder Cup, but it wasn't good enough for a couple things. Max Homa finished in the top 10. Fitzpatrick, Sam Burns. Big disappointment of the – what's your big disappointment of the tournament? Mine's Sungjae finishing 25th or 26th when I've been popping off for years and after a second-place FedEx Cup finished last year that I thought he was going to get it done. And I did like his chances this year, but it's stupid me when I make these picks, I'm like, Oh, he's eight shots back. You, you <laughs> know, mine was John Rom. John Rom, yeah, ever since he took that pass. three week break, yes, he just right. absolutely he's has struggled. He has yeah. not gotten his game back into form right. and he's just kind of, it looks like he's Sammy safety in it. Yeah. He's something. So the deal was, I, I told you I watched a lot of coverage, but I, you know, we actually do have uh, we have some terrible announcers and we have some really good ones. And a couple of the really good ones were, you know, they know what's going on. You know, he's not cutting the ball. He's got a left. He's got left in that ball right now. And when you got left in your ball and you are a slider of the golf, ball, you're a cutter of the golf ball. Bad things happen. And, and T18 is 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 not John Rum. I thought Tony Finau was a big disappointment, too. He finished tied yeah, the 20th. Obviously, I agree with that. You know, Jordan was a disappointment at 27th, but he's such a spaz. I mean, you know, God, is he such a spaz that that, um, uh, you know, yeah, that's a disappointment. But I guess, you know, where Jordan was two or three years ago with the driver yips and everything like that. And he's back at the tour championship. He's certainly trending in the right way. So, you know, what about I don't your really guy, have... though? I mean, going back to um, Xander Shoffley. Yeah, this is your stuff. guy. You love Xander. He's a San Diego in and. I just want to know, is it bad timing or bad luck? Bad timing and bad luck, right? It's so hard to win. I know your big question that you've been saying for a long time is, how has he not won a major yet, yeah. right? That's your big question. That's always been your big deal is, how has he not won a major yet? Well, it takes a lot of luck to win a major, Matt. I mean, you got to have things go. You have to have things go the right way. But he's, he's so good. I know, but he's won. You know, he won three times last year. There's nothing wrong with him whatsoever. The ball's still got to go in the hole, right? That's true. And you I can't mean, control I do have to appreciate this impact going in mid-sentence. That was phenomenal action there out of you. Just athletic ability out of Bobby Brown. I mean, some people say caddies aren't athletes. I say no, that's wrong. I got a Zin problem. Can I tell you something? I got a Zin problem. I, <laughs> it's obviously my off-season, and I am. my heart has been broken since my, my 6-year-old and 10-year-old went back to school, and I find myself – 
starting a Zen at seven in the morning with a cup of Ooh. coffee and not finishing a Zen till about midnight because I'm laying on the couch and I'm wide awake and I have, I have no self-worth right now, Matt, whatsoever. I have none. I mean, I am doing gardening. I am washing dishes. I'm doing everything. I'm cleaning out medicine cabinets. I am you vacuuming. sound like the Cuban I farmer I met when I went to Cuba and all he does is freaking roll and smoke <laughs> Cuban cigars all day long. Well, I thought you were going to say something else. But <laughs> Cuba, Bobby, you Cuba. You had me at the rolling and smoking part, that's for sure. But, <laughs> but where were we now? Totally back back to Xander, man. Part. Poor, yeah, I mean, yeah. Xander just, he's on the hard side of all of this stuff. I mean, every time that he's playing well and in contention, somebody else is just playing a little bit better than him. You know, you, you know, that's true. Somebody, you can't control what somebody else is doing. And last Sunday was a perfect, was a perfect example of that. You know, he just, he was, the, he was the second best, but if you're ever going to be second best financially, this was a good week. That last week was a good week to be second best. I would tell you what, if you left Tiger Woods out of the scenario, Charlie Hoffman's told me Bill plays a bunch with Xander. Xander now lives, spends most of his time in Vegas, he's, he, but he lived in San Diego forever up until um, the last year. There's a rumor now that he's moving down to Jupiter to hang out with, you know, Cantley and the rest of the crew where they all end up migrating to anyways. Well, most of them do anyways, but Charlie Hoffman's told me on more than one occasion that Xander Schauffele is the best player other than Tiger Woods that he's ever played with in his life. So that, that should tell you something. He's like, Bob, he goes out and shoots 60, 61, 62, 63 every day in our money games, every single day. And he makes it look so easy. He makes it look like it should be 58 or 59. So, you know, he's I a think, machine. Is there a weakness in his game though, that no, you have noticed? No, 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 no. no. There's fully no, well-rounded. There's Fully well-rounded and fully well-rounded in the caddy department too. You know, that's his best buddy, Austin Kaiser. And I've been chirping about Austin Kaiser for since, since I took over the co-host position. And he is just, they have, there's a few guys, there's a couple guys out there that have special relationships, right? And that's Austin and Xander and that's Joe Griner and Max Homa. And it's not just from a work standpoint, it's from a personal, you know, being besties kind of, kind of standpoint too. So, you know, he's just good. He's just good in everything, right? He's just good in everything. I was often told some years ago by some veteran guys, like if you were going to give advice to a young player coming off the Corn Ferry Tour or, or trying to make it to the Corn Ferry Tour or he's playing on the Corn Ferry Tour, what would the advice be? And these players would tell me, <clears throat> tell him whatever he does, whatever he does really good to do it even better, that nobody does everything really, really good. You have to have one or two parts of your game where, where you're better than everybody else that day. And I feel like Xander has every part of the game. He's not the one that just relies on driving or the putting or the short game or the iron play. It's usually one of those four categories, right? He is solid in all four categories. So I would be, you know, just like you would probably say, you'd be shocked if he wasn't a multiple major winner at some time, but you know, he probably thinks he should be a multiple major winner too. I'm not sure, but the longer, the longer it takes, you know what happens. The longer it takes, the less your confidence gets in those situations. And I'm not saying that that's happening to him, but we're at, you know, I was thinking about this today. We're almost at a little, it feels like the changing of the guard out here in the PGA tour, like it would take a while. You know what I mean? You had Phil and Tiger and everybody like that. And then all of a sudden guys like Dustin came along and that kind of stuff. And that was a new breed of athlete and that kind of stuff. And, and now you have your guys that are about 30 years old, you know, Colin Xander, you know, uh, Wyndham's mid twenties. I don't know where to no, put Wyndham's Rory. Twenty nine. What is Wyndham's twenty nine? Mm -hmm. 
I thought he was only 26 or so. Let me wow. double check. Yeah, but I think I'm almost although, positive. My over and under on Wyndham Clark is going to be 26 and a half. Let's see if I'm any good on our live show tonight. Wyndham Clark, we are going with. I think he's younger than you think he is. Here we go. Born in 1993. How old does that make him? About 30, about 29. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was much younger. Wow, you nailed it. You're a good yeah, live show. See? You're a good, you're a good live show guy. My point is, is I feel like now all of a sudden with Victor and these mid to younger 20-year-olds, I feel like there's another influx coming. Does that make any sense? You yeah. know, I feel like there's a there's gonna be another rechanging of the guard here in the next three or two or three years. And with the talent coming off the corn fairy tour, I feel like there's going to be another one coming. So basically my point is I don't feel like the cycle is long as it was in the, in the tiger fill days. You know, I feel the cycles are shorter now. I feel the cycles are shorter now. And I feel like anybody who says you usually pay your golf at 36 years old, I think I'm getting close to throwing that one out the window too. I feel like you're going to be playing your best golf from 26 to 32 or 24 to 32 because these kids are so polished coming out of college. And we'll get we'll get a look at that this weekend, really, won't we? At the, with, with the Walker oh, Cup. Oh, we certainly are. I mean, the Walker yeah. Cup is going to be... God, I'm, so I'm actually out. pretty pumped about the Walker Cup just because of how good the talent is coming out of college oh. and just, I mean, even with the mid-am and everything. So we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. But I do want to ask you, in addition sure. to Xander Shoffley, uh -huh. you know, you're somebody that has dealt with back issues. Have yeah. you ever had it to where, you know, you've been on the road a long time, you come home, you get some good loving, and you have a back injury heading into the next week? Could there be poppy number two on the way? You, well, you're talking about Rory. Yeah, I'm talking well, about Rory. <laughs> no, I'm talking about I mean, you. I said we were talking about Xander, but uh, I was asking you, well, you know, based off of your, <laughs> based <laughs> off of your back injury experience. Well, uh, the difference between me and Lori, Rory, Lori, <laughs> sorry, honey. Um, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of differences, but between me and Rory is it is much easier to come home and get some loving when you're flying private or on net jets or something Ooh, like that. Good point. Yeah. Uh, um, trying to get an A1 through 15 boarding pass at Southwest for, for 40 bucks. But I mean, you can hurt your back at any time. So I will tell you this. He doesn't have the track record of being injured. You, you don't know. There's no, nothing goes with WD doesn't even, you can't put a W or a D in Rory McElroy anywhere because he's not, a, you know, this is the first time I think he's ever had any back pain. And honestly, you know, if, Fluky things happen and fluky things happen when you hit your mid thirties, right? That's when they usually start. That's when they it's usually true. start happening, you know, and all the torque and everything that's been, uh, you know, that his body's gone through and the transformation of him turning into like young, you know, pudgy Rory into the you specimen think, oh, that he yeah. is now. He's a full blown athlete now, you know, I thought you were saying that he's going to become pudgy but no no he no, was no. pudgy oh, and he got he was when he was young with the long hair and, and he was pudgy and everything like that now yeah. he's a full-blown athlete which most of these guys are you know six or seven out of ten of them if you walk up and down the driving range you, you know that these guys start their morning off in the gym and they they end their evenings in the gym after work so you know i don't i don't know about the mclovin theory to tell you the truth but it was just a theory well, you know, it's yeah. it's it's a theory. It's a theory, and theories are great. You know, it, it could be. Some possible, might even but... say it's a conspiracy theory. 
you know, it's funny, we're not allowed to, you know, obviously we're not supposed to gamble or, or anything like that with all the gambling going on and golf and that kind of stuff. But I'd be lying if I wasn't laying on the couch and, and I heard the story and then they showed him on the range and everything like that. And I'm like, oh my God, in my old gambling days, I would be hammering the shit out of whoever i'm sure they do put it head-to-head matchups even in this format you know but i would have been hammering the shit against it's a good question and he finishes fourth that tells you why i don't gamble anymore because i would have probably lost some 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 serious money but he is another guy that we are not going to see until probably maybe maui or when you know tory rolls around or with these this new schedule pebble beach or something like that so let's talk about our penny bets then <laughs> well <laughs> because... and that's not even fair you know i wanted to call you the day, day of the tournament and text you but i didn't want you to be a big whiny baby about it but there's and no I wasn't. way i was gonna let you i wasn't even thinking you know what i mean the it stag- leveled out though because rory had a back injury and sung jay didn't uh, it didn't oh there's the first f-bomb live sorry folks. (laughs) (laughs) but i meant it (laughs) come on that's not even a fair bet but i'm not going to sit here and whine about it but congratulations up to fourteen thousand pennies folks (laughs) if you are just tuning in for the first time bobby started this going back over a year ago when he's like well we don't bet in bills we bet in pennies so we started doing these thousand penny bets yeah and i'm getting shellac man let me pick it up from here i'm getting shellac you know bobby brown insider information trading i see these guys every single day i see these guys 260 days Uh, i can tell you i'm good at I, i i'm really good at I'm good at what I say or picking winners and that kind of stuff. I just suck when it comes to this. And why do uh, I suck, Matt? Because what is it? I don't even know what side it is, but where is it? Where's your heart on what side? The, left side, the, right the side. left side. The left side. Oh, that's good news because I've had some issues yeah. on the right side. Actually, if you have so, pain on the right side, it's not good. <laughs> if you have pain anywhere, it's not good. <laughs> I'll tell you what it is. It's, it's all these Koreans I work for. You know that their big CJ sponsor owns that Korean frozen food bibigo and now all of a sudden this orange oh, chicken no. and sriracha, sriracha rice has hit my local public so i ate it twice last week and i'm like god i think i'm having a heart attack little did i know it's probably the secret sauce in the <laughs> you know, in the orange chicken i lost train of thought again oh, our penny bet. oh i was going to tell everybody man is kicking my ass but man is played man is played dirty i dominated on live and really and really I, who played dirty that's been playing dirty with me. wow but, but now i'm mad and now I am wow. effing off it. I am God. getting embarrassed and I'm down 140,000. Oh, yeah. By the way, everybody, since there's no live golf event, let me explain yeah. this as well. So, normally during live golf, we have golf picks, but louder. And it's, it's a little bit of a mock on the whole golf, but louder deal where we pick the last place individual and the last place team. Guess who's yeah. really good at this? Me. Well, that's. Well, well, let's back up. Guess who was really good at it before? No, you picked Siwon Kim, and then Siwon Kim was a cheat code, and I said it on an episode when you first won your first event. I'm like, this is an absolute cheat code. And then we'd go back and forth with the team. Actually, I used to win the team just about every week. And then all of a sudden, I baited you into picking one of your favorite people ever, Pat Perez. And all of a sudden, it all flipped around, and I have taken Siwon Kim in every single event since, and I have not lost. I have not lost since I overtook your king, which was Siwon Kim. 
Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. Maybe at some point I'm going to, but my luck, my luck only needs to turn one week for me to inherit him back. And you know, I will. And this is the time of the year. Mr. Fatboy Perez doesn't play good. And we've seen it his last three events. So maybe I'm going to go with a, when do they play again? Like three weeks or four weeks? I don't even know. They it's after some... the Ryder cup, isn't it? Where's it at? I don't no, even know where it's at. Well, it's overseas. They're going back over. Saudi Arabia is coming up because they switched the uh, final yeah. event. It's no longer Miami or it's no longer Jediah. Yeah, yeah, it's now going to yeah. be. And I get that mixed up because we got Jedediah, Jediah, Jediah for yeah. the actual like city. Who knows? But yeah. Miami is where they're going to end it. Everybody had an uproar about Saudi Arabia having the final event. So they're like, no, we want it at Miami. We want to derail it. We want the good old Trumpster to be there. So. You got all that going for uh, Live yeah. Golf, but now let's get into a little oh, Walker great. Cup action, yeah. Bobby. This is Cup. right up your alley. This and here's the my... key the Walker Cup, okay? I'm going to start us off here because I know you're going to take over the conversation because you, you know, know a shit ton more than me when it comes to this. But this is the oldest international amateur match dating back to 1922. And here's the key. Folks, and I'm sorry for all the international people, but the U.S. has dominated Great Britain and Ireland, catching up. In, now, they granted, GB and I has been catching up in recent years, but the Not U.S. The owns a record of 38 and nine. Um, it's going to take a long and one, time. 38, get it straight, 38, nine, and one. Wow, I didn't yeah. see the one. Oh, yeah, it's 38, nine, and one, but the Americanos. USA baby USA has won the we last believe. three has won the last three has won the last three cups and I'm just going to say this this one's going to be an absolute bloodbath I know it's St Andrews I know the I know the Euros are probably you know our team's been over there already for two days it doesn't start until Saturday so they're getting acclimated they're doing all their work um, you know St Andrews is St Andrews you never know what the weather's going to First time being there since 1975 for the Walker Crazy. Cup. How, how exciting. But I will tell you this. If you went down our American team, I'm going to introduce. Let's our go American. down the American I'm team. Gonna, I'm going to introduce our American team. Okay. And we're going to start with, I mean, everybody that we have on our team is ranked 14th or better. Can you believe that? It's our worst, listen, our worst player ranking might end up being the best player out of this whole group, and that's Preston Summerhays. He is ranked 14. But to start off, I'm not going to even go through the rankings, but we have Nick Dunlap, who just won the USAM. He's a sophomore at Bama. He's always already won the U.S. Junior. You know all about – you like this guy, Gordon Sargent, the baller oh, from Bama, who won – Who he's the big kahuna. He's Bomber. number one in the amateur rankings. He won the national championships as a freshman uh, a couple years ago. David Ford, who is number four, who is a, a future tour star, um, he plays at North Carolina. North Carolina has three players on the team. How good are they? And they didn't even do very well on nationals. They have Austin Greaser, and they also have a kid named Dylan Minante, who actually played his first few years at Pepperdine, and they transferred over to um, North Carolina. Then we have a guy named Caleb Surratt, from, who was a freshman in Tennessee last year that was an All-American. Nick Gabrilchak from North Florida, of all places, is a top 10 player. Stuart Hagestad is the, is the token 30-some-year-old, 32 years old, I think this is his, his third Walker Cup. Ben James from Virginia is either number four or number six in the rankings. And then you have Preston Summerhays. Actually, one of those guys wouldn't play, but Michael Thorpe Jorgensen from Stanford, who's also a top 10 player, 
um, withdrew because he hurt his back. And I will tell you that I was kind of scouting out who the GBNI team was. And there's only one name that came to mind and that was Barkley Brown. But I was looking at their rankings and you guys got, you got guys that are ranked 190, 213, 217, 64, 90. So I think, I think on paper, it's going to be an, on paper, it should be a bloodbath. It should be an early closeout for the Americans. Now, weather and conditions are going to have a lot to do with that. Um, you know, m the big thing about these Walker Cups, it, you, let's be honest, it's, it's the amateur version of the Ryder Cup, really, isn't it? Is. it? It's the amateur version of the Ryder Cup. So there's been some unbelievable Walker Cup teams, but the ebbs and flows and the emotions and, you know, how you can pick up steam and feed off the crowd is obviously going to be a big thing for GP. And I, because I guarantee you, I don't care what the weather's like. Those fans over there, especially St. Andrews fans, they love, they absolutely love their golf, right? So they're going to have a, a lot of fanfare out there. But I look for USA just to steamroll them. This team, I was thinking about it. This team, when I was looking down the talent and all these names that I know very well, I'm like, this could be the greatest walker cup team of all time in the future in 10 years or 15 years it could be because there's this, been this big debate at walker cup time in 2017 listen i'm gonna i'm gonna read off two teams for you and you tell me which one of these two previous walker cup teams you think was the best walker cup team you ready for this yeah, right. 2017 was cam champ doug gim colin marikawa doc redmond scotty scheffler Braden thornberry norman jong will zalatoro stewart hagestad again and Maverick McNeely, everybody on social media and the, and a lot of guys with the USGA said, but this was by far the best Walker cup team ever. Okay. Listen to this 2007 team, which I think hands down, and it's not even close was the best Walker cup team ever. You sitting down, you ready for this team? I'm sitting down. Listen to this. Ricky Fowler, Billy Horschel, Dustin Johnson, Chris Kirk, Colt Nose, Trip Keeney, Jamie Lovemark, Jonathan Moore, Webb Simpson, and Kyle Stanley. That's the so. Great. I mean, we're kind of looking at greatness here. Yes, I think that this is going to be. I think that this team this year could be as good as that too. That 2017, 17 that I just read off to yeah. you. Which one of them didn't work out? Colt Nost. I it worked out for him, but just not in, in uh, yeah, playing. Not in golf. And Jonathan Moore from Oklahoma State, who was yeah. a predicted superstar. But you got Kyle Stanley, multiple winner. Webb Simpson, multiple major winner and players. Jamie Lovemark, winner. Trip Keeney was a great was a great amateur player. He's if, if you notice the theme in these Walker Cups, they have an older player in there, a young thirty year old or a mid thirty year old. Chris Kirk, multiple winner. Dustin Johnson, I mean, 20-some times. Billy Horsell, FedEx Cup, six or seven wins. Ricky Fowler, Players' Championship. I think that this team this year could be as good as that team. Now, I won't be alive to answer these questions in 10 to 15 years, I don't think, if they work out. But <laughs> okay. that just goes to show you where the, ta where the talent is. It's unbelievable. These guys aren't even seniors, most of these guys. They're like juniors and sophomores man well let's get that, to the walker cup on saturday i can't wait to watch i i can't either i mean i'm absolutely pumped about it. it's going to be on early love that and uh i mean you can have your coffee going and no make some no breakfast well, while you're is watching. it gonna be is it gonna be it will be on early but i don't think the i think it's it starts at uh 8 30 on the golf channel yeah I, hang on a second it's on Why peacock and the golf channel Oh, okay. I, why did I think I scrolled on it and it said like 5 p.m. or something like that? And that didn't make any sense to me whatsoever no. because they're five or six hours later than us. They better no, not. I thought I added it to my notes. Hang on. 
maybe it's in this one. No, it's not. So um, I did not write it down. My apologies, everybody. But I believe it's at 830. I don't know if that's local time for me, which I'm on Pacific time. So yeah. that would end up being 1130 for you, yeah. Bobby. Yeah, which which makes sense. That's like, you know, 12, 1, 2, 3, 4. That's 4 and 3 or 4 in the afternoon over there. That's when the heat of the battles get going. Yeah. So it's a two-day affair, two sets of matches. And I look for the U.S. Bobby, why don't you take us through uh, Great Britain and Ireland? Barkley Brown. <laughs> That's all I know. Well, we got Matthew McLean. So he's okay. the 30-year-old. So okay. he's the old one who was the mid-amateur champion I from know last year. I a couple year. of those guys that play college golf over here. I do know that yep. there's a couple guys that play college golf. Which but a couple you- of them, I mean, one of them in particular is Callum Scott, who his older brother, brother Sandy, played. he played yeah. on the Walker cup team back in 2019 at liver or royal liverpool and he currently goes so he followed his older brother to texas Texas, tech and that ended up getting him onto this team obviously like you said barkley brown um, who is a stanford standout you got jack begum who is the 2021 british boys champion and a florida state freshman so obviously all these guys are coming over yes playing college golf over here so yeah um, certainly James Ashfield, he's the 2022 Welsh amateur champion. I mean, you've got a bunch of champions here on the great Britain and Ireland team, but I'm with you. I think it's going to be tough to hold a fork now. to this Walker cup team from the U S yeah. no, we're too, we're too sad. Preston Summerhays is our highest ranked guy at 14. And I think he could end up being the best one out of all of them in, in, you know, 10 years from now, PGA tour career. Worst rank. So, yes. I, I completely agree. Yes. I mean, he's got the most potential out of everybody, yeah. in my opinion. And I don't think, um, I don't think they have one player inside the top thirty. Honestly, I could, I could be wrong. I don't know if your notes show that. I, I think they do some run, rundowns on every player, but you know, I don't have, I don't have much more to say except I think it's going to be an absolute bloodbath, my friend. Absolute bloodbath. I do too. I, I think it's going to be a U.S. domination, and we can start chanting, "We believe." We yes. believe that we can win. I don't okay. know how the chant goes, but I love it when yeah. U.S. soccer comes around. Yeah. And they're actually in like the uh, whatever it is that they play. And I'm not a huge football soccer guy, but World man, Cup. is it a blast? The World, World Cup. Cup. Yeah. When, World when Cup. that shit comes around, oh, yeah. I am Every- all in. I am pretending like I am an absolute scholar in the yeah. game of football because well, – those chants yeah, are fantastic. I get pumped. Well, man, ever since Messi came over here and signed with Miami, you can see Ooh, soccer actually going through the roof. I, I've paid attention to Messi coming well, over have, and yeah, he has he, he won the yeah. uh did you see the cup? Did you see the cup game? Uh yes. That was last week where they were down two zip and they popped a couple in and they ended up winning in PKs. I mean, is is Messi not the greatest thing? My son, my 10-year-old absolutely loves and adores Messi. And he goes, I just He's want to play like Messi, look like. And if you watch Messi all game, what's, what's he? He's standing around. He stands around all game, all game. He stands around, he stands around, and then he finds a spot and he scores. And he is – God, he's a thing of beauty. I'm getting all jacked up talking about it because <laughs> soccer season over here with my kids. But he is single-handedly changing. I mean, soccer is – listen, I drop my son off four times a week for soccer practice. There are 300 kids in this Charleston soccer club. It's just unbelievable. And The Charleston you know, soccer that, club. Yes. That sounds massive. bougie as shit, puppy. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah but my kid's in it so it ain't bougie that's for sure <laughs> but it's just i'm like i didn't know it was such 
you know, we got a guy, we got a guy over here and his name's Derek is Derek Shipley. And he was with, I don't know. He was with a bunch of Euro clubs. He's like the grand poobah and he's a, there i did it i said wow it. you brought up two from the last episode first yes. Derek shipley which yeah. well you, I gotta, you got a correction to make here i gotta i gotta apologize because i called him brett shipley the big fellow who was the runner-up in the usm brett i apologize it's neil I oh neil i would say Nate. i mean we're all over the place I should have gave him a shout out too, because on this Walker cup team, they actually do have two alternates and that's Max Moldovan and, and Neil Shipley. So anyways, I was talking about Derek, I was talking <laughs> about Derek Shipley. So he runs this whole soccer club and he's like, and I'm like, do you think that you're going to get an MLS player out of this? He's like, small chance. I go, when can you tell? And he goes, right about your son's age. I go at 10 years old, you can tell. He goes, that's when we can really start telling, you know, when they start developing and i'm like developing like hair on the huevos doesn't happen until much later than this what do you mean 13, developing 14 soccer, soccer skills so i sit out there for an hour and a half and i watch these practices from across the fence and there's 300 kids and i am shocked at the talent that i see at these 12 13 14 and 15 year olds what they can do with the soccer ball so now this is a soccer podcast i guess because you're talking to a guy Love who grew up on the soccer field not the soccer pitch to me, it was always a field, wow. not a field. So I got to get that straight. What a else lot of Europeans got? are going to be upset with you over that one. Yeah, that's okay. I don't like them that much anyway. Yeah, that's fine. Cool. All yeah. right, moving into the Ryder Cup. Whoa, I mean, this created a Twitter storm today. We knew it was going to happen. Is this a popularity happen. contest now, Bobby? I don't know, man. I didn't know. You know, I had two things on my calendar today. At 10 a.m., the sick SB Nike dunk was dropping. And at the same time, Zach Johnson was coming on at 10 o'clock. And my priority was the shoe. And I picked up the show about 10 minutes after 10. And, man, I mean, why don't you announce the picks? I want to give you – I just stole your show on the Walker Cup with my info. So you tell us the picks. I greatly appreciate that. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go right through. So we've got Ricky Fowler. Yeah. We've got Jordan Spieth. Yeah. <laughs> we got Justin Thomas. I knew you were going to say it that way. I knew it. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? <laughs> I mean, we have we have buy the boys get, club. Buy one and get two free. <laughs> pretty much. And then you add in Sam Burns, who he was right. a shoe in because Scotty Scheffler, that's his best friend. God, and as soon as they totally. said that, yeah, the players are really the players that automatically qualified are going to have a huge say they in did. who is picked. Well, guess what? You got Sam Burns in there. That was never a doubt. If you were going to ask Scotty Scheffler who he wants, it's going to be Sam Burns, their best friends. Then you've got Brooks Kepka. Yeah. So. Good old Brooksy is an interesting one, and we'll get into that in a second. But then you also have Colin Morikawa. So yeah. that rounds out the captain's picks for the U.S. Now, the yeah. guys that were left in the dust. Nubs. The guys who got snubbed. Can I take this one? Can I take it now? Go. For, you know what? Okay. You go for it because the I've got a different list than year. you on this one. The biggest snub of the year, Keegan Bradley. Keegan Bradley should have been on that team. If I'm not mistaken, Keegan Bradley, of those three picks that you just announced right there, the boys club, um, not one of those three won multiple times on the PGA Tour this year. Nope. Not one. And two of them didn't win. And and one of them did, did JT win? No, Spieth didn't win anything. He, he lost win. something off at Hilton had to fit. But did, did JT question, win? I don't think he did. Did he? 
I don't think yeah, so. We're, we're supposed to be I'll do a quick chat. I'll do a quick check. Go ahead. I don't think he did. I don't think he won. But I think, you know, I think Keegan got snubbed. And, and I actually think Lucas got snubbed a little bit, too. But heavy on the Keegan. Heavy on the Keegan. And I'll tell you what. I, I know from my past two Ryder Cup experiences, 2010 and 2012, that it was a different element then, that there were a lot of egos in that locker room and it wasn't a boys club thing. And everybody, as I said on past shows, everybody kind of went their own way and they were very private and that kind of stuff. And this more is more of a family family type atmosphere. But, but you you got these, these players- No wins. No wins. These pullers, these players pull a lot of strings and that, and they're in Zach's ear and Zach, listen to them who they want. And, you know, I was, I was a little surprised with, okay. I wasn't surprised with JT. Everybody's like, Oh, JT and the live haters are having a field day with this. And, you know, this guy should have been picked. I mean, I read a live guy that said that Taylor Gooch should have got picked in front of JT. But the fact is, is I think JT's like 16, five and one in his Ryder cup things. Right. And let's all back up a second. This is not a four day stroke play, man. <laughs> this is, this is mono mono team on team match play matches very rarely go past 15 or 16 holes most of the time, you know, and this is his element. And I was thinking about this before the show. I'm like, who is like, like, you know, most of these guys are so young. Who would be, there was always a leader on the ones that I did. You know, Tiger was always a leader. Or Phil was always a leader in the locker room or in the team room. But who's the leader? There's like no leader. There's just a bunch of guys that play golf together and they're the best players in the world. But, you know, you, you know, Scotty put this clamps down to Zach and said he wanted Sam on the team. I, I totally understand that. But they had a terrible record in the President's Cup this year against the internationals. I'm sure they did not win. I don't think they won a point. They might have got a half point, squeaked out with a half point at once. And and I don't know what to think about the JT and the Spieth and, and the Ricky thing. I think, you know, I just feel bad. I mean, I'm going to take this 10 seconds to say I feel bad for Keegan because nobody wants it as bad as Keegan Bradley wants it. And he plays for these things. He's got all the money in the world. He just wants to win. And he just wants to be on these team things. And he said it and he's like – Man, when I played on, you know, when he had his experience before, it was just the kind of what I just illustrated that everybody kind of kept to themselves a little bit. And that's why Europe seemed to have the edge and, and would get across the finish line quite a bit. But these guys, he said he tried to, I think in so many words, he said, I tried to get into the boys club and be more friendly with these guys. But, you know, it, it became quite apparent to me and I'm, I'm, I'm adding my own words. It came quite apparent to me that if I was going to get on this team, that I had to automatically qualify myself and not relay on a pick, but I, I would have. That sucks. It really so, does. You know what I mean? You got to play a popularity contest throughout yeah. the year in order to try to get into the Ryder yeah. Cup. That really bugs me. I get the team yeah. aspect, right? Yeah. And it was always, oh, the U.S. is so individualized where you got the Europeans. They really come together as a team. We'll see if it pans out. But my big snub was actually Dustin Johnson. Me Dustin too. Johnson, he was 5-0 and at that Ryder Cup me, at Whistling Straits. And yeah. get this. So in 2023, he won a live golf event. Yeah. And he finished T10 at the U.S. Open. Okay. Yeah. He's playing golf and he's playing it at a high level. He doesn't and care. He, he doesn't, doesn't but I will say this. Forever, you know, I he, think he brings a calming presence to the U.S. Well, in the locker room. So if you're going to talk about locker yeah. room yes. and records, yes. DJ well, has to I be in that, that conversation. I, I'll just say it this way. If I'm the captain, I, I don't know who I'm dropping, but I'm putting Dustin on the team. 
and, I, and I'm putting Dustin on the team because he's Dustin Johnson. And I, I just made a mistake and it said he hasn't won. But yes, he does win. A, he has won a live event this year. But I don't think he honestly, I don't even think he gives a shit anymore. I think it's a been been there, done that thing. If he would have got on the team, he would have embraced it. And he's just so no matter what happens when you get to that first tee, he is still Dustin Johnson. Right. And he lives and and he just lives for that. And I will tell you, he doesn't have any quit in him. And I am just I'm not I never thought he was going to get picked. But if I was I didn't either, but I think he got wrong to pick Keegan. But I can't sit here and tell you who I would not have picked. You know, maybe I would not have picked Sam Burns because he didn't look that good at the President's Cup and he's not a gem of consistency over over the year. You know, I don't know. I I probably would have picked I would have picked JT. I for sure I would have picked JT. So that would have left me with, you know, who do I drop? Colin, Spieth, or Ricky? Who do you I'm gonna let you put your foot in your mouth? Who do you drop out of Colin Spieth or Ricky Fowler? Oh, I'm gonna go one further. I'm gonna say that the yeah. boys club doesn't end up making it to the Ryder Cup this year. So I I so leave you out even JT. I, no, absolutely not. I would leave yeah. JT performed the worst out of everybody. And who's to say that all of a sudden under the most amounts, uh, the most amount of pressure you're going to face, he's just going to turn it on. I get he has a good match play record. Okay. I understand that, but his game is not there right now. And you want guys peaking at the right time to come into this Ryder cup, which is part of the problem that I see with this entire situation of the U.S. team. So I would not have gone Jordan Spieth. I would not have gone Ricky Fowler, and I would not have gone JT. I would have brought in Dustin Johnson to play along with Brooks Kepka. I would have gone with Lucas Glover, and I would have gone with Cam Young. Okay, I could see that. You You would have left Keegan out? Keegan is on Keegan's on the outskirts. I I would have actually gone Keegan Bradley over Colin Morikawa. You just went to the spiel on who's on for on who's having a good year and who's been on for. And guess what? I would have dropped Colin Morikawa and I would have gone Keegan Bradley. Yeah, I could see I could see any match of that too. You you know, this is gonna be, you know, this is this isn't our Ryder Cup show. We're gonna have a great Ryder Cup show, that's for sure. So this is just this is going to be tough for the U.S. Go, but this is going to be tough for the U.S. going over there. You know, th- those fans are crazy. There is, it, it's, and I'm only a caddy, and I'm going to say I've said that a million times. But you have no idea the nerves and the anxiety and everything that happens when you wake up that morning and you walk through, you know, thirty or forty thousand people to get to the first tee or to get to the driving range, and they are aggressive fans over there. You know, you're like you, you're like it at the pitch. It's like a soccer match. They are very well rehearsed they you know trust me i know my wife's half italian yeah you know the deal man so it's going to be unbelievable and you know the home course the home country advantage is bring those fairways in because we're bombers right and bring those fairways in and grow that rough up and firm those greens up and we tend to struggle in those we tend to struggle in those situations let's i mean that's a great question to zach johnson today during the press conference how much did analytics play a role in your decision making of who's on the team and he goes into this whole spiel about how you know we have analytics that can show us who's who will play well on this golf course within the conditions that we believe they're going to have that they're growing out and everything and we've got insiders and so forth that are providing us with the information about the golf course as to how they're setting it up so we can analytically with the data collected, put somebody in and figure out how well they're going to play. 
Then the follow-up question was, did you select anybody or did you base any decisions based off of that information? And he stumbled. He yeah, didn't that, come up with a clean well, answer to that one. I, I know all about these. I know a little bit about these analytics. I did a President's Cup in 2017 at Liberty in Jersey. And there were all these gigantic notebooks sitting on all these tables. And I started going through these notebooks. And they had all these crazy numbers on every player what and, and how they scored in certain conditions and that kind of stuff. It's like I, got, I went through two pages and I'm like, who sits here and reads all of this stuff? I mean, what is the team behind the team that reads all of this kind of stuff? But I don't think there's any analytics when – JT Spieth and Ricky get picked. I don't think there's a, there's analytics there whatsoever. I mean, I just described the type of golf course that it's going to be. So yeah. what does that tell you? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? You probably need to hit it in the fairway there to, yeah. to have a, a victorious week, right? And guess who's well, not I, hitting it in the fairway? Jordan Spieth, JT. And Spieth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Ricky's Spieth. probably hitting it in the fairway. You know, and who's a great driver of the golf ball? Keegan. He's yeah. always close to the lead. He's one of the best drivers of the golf ball in – who else is another one? Dustin is an unbelievable driver of the golf ball. Lucas I think they Glover screwed up by leaving Lucas Glover yeah. and Keegan Bradley off yeah. of the team. Well, I will say this. My heart goes out to Dust to Zach Johnson because he's the one who's got to wake up in the morning or or last night and make those phone calls. And that has to be a, for such a glorious position that you've earned, Zach Johnson, who's been on so many Ryder Cup teams, five, I think at least five, and is obviously going to coach very – Quite a few more, I would imagine, depending on how this one goes here in a few weeks. But, you know, it's got to be you're like, oh, man, I'm the captain of the Ryder Cup team. And then you have to spend an hour making these making these phone calls. And I'm not even talking about Cam Young either. You, you know what I mean? He just, you know, he just fell off the map so bad late in the year and that kind of stuff. I don't you know, obviously it was a shame that Freddie went out and said a couple months ago that, that you can guarantee that Cam's going to be on the team. Freddie didn't know that Cam was going to go off for him so much. But, you know, I was. Was he I, off form that much? Because at the yeah, Open Championship when, 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 was not that long ago. Rapid, um, I mean, which oh, the last Open Championship? Yeah, he wasn't really didn't really have a chance to he, win, though. Not to win, but I mean, hang on a second, because I I was looking at his information earlier in the Andrews. day. Are you sure you're not thinking of St. Andrews? No, because I was ago? looking at his what he was. Um, what his results were in 2023. So I'm pulling mm -hmm. them up now. Let's take a quick look. So we've got, I mean, and what was crazy is he had the most top tens out of anybody, obviously. And you go to the open championship. He I was T eight T eight. I mean, that's not close to winning, but it's a great T eight. That's a top 10. Yeah, he, give was, me his other he was T. So he was T six at the John Deere classic. Oh, tough field. And then at the BMW championship, he was T15. He was top 20. Okay. 70 guys. Yeah. You know, I'm still top 20. Him. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He's, and know, then you go to guys. him earlier in the year and he, he probably has the outside of the fact that he didn't win a golf tournament. He probably has the best resume. I don't know about that. Of the picks? Of the picks. No, Keegan better resume. Two wins. Lucas Glover better win resume. Two wins. It's win. All right, you're, you're, you're correct. Win. You're correct on that. Yeah, it's. I'll, it's I'll, I'll concede that one to you, Bobby. But I will tell you this. I was going to go into this little thing. I saw this interview that Paul Paul Tesori did, and he's talking about the difference between Cam Young and and Paul Tesori even said, 
man, he's like, I ha I'm having a tough, I had a, t I thought it was easy because he played so good in the match play. Obviously he was runner up in the match play and he got off to a great start. But Paul's like, here I go 13 or 14 years caddying for a guy that wanted every little bit of information possible that I could give him. And then I go to this guy who doesn't want anything, Dustin Johnson style, right? Who just goes out and plays by feel. And Paul felt like he was getting in the way all the time. He was giving his him too much information and when a caddy comes out and says that publicly like that I, I it's a it's a little bit of a sign to me that that caddy is not completely confident in the passenger seat does that make any sense to you yeah. that he that he, if there's a question or something like that that maybe he can get a little stumbly like should i tell him this should i not tell him this and that take it from me it wears on you as a cat as a caddy you have to adjust to your player style of i play. can see that and it's funny, you know, I told you numerous episodes ago when, when Cam Young first burst onto the scene that my son Daniel said, Dad, this Cam Young is going to be any kind of a player. And then I got player paired with him um, at Sony when I worked for Ogletree. And I'm just like, this is the second coming. I was convinced this is the second coming of Dustin Johnson here. He had a buddy on the bag. He was doing his own thing, just hitting shots. And, and you know, he'll probably win three times next year. The fact with Cam Young is, is this. He's a stud, right? We all know oh, he's a an stud. Absolute but he has this many wins on the PGA Tour. Zero. Family. Absolutely zero. And that is a shock to me, and that's a shock to you. And I'm sure that's a shock to most of the people that are real golfers, golfies, I'll call them, that listen to our podcast that he hasn't won yet. And that's where, and I guarantee you that's wearing on him. And, and we'll just see. I mean, you know. Could a caddy change come up there possibly in the next year? Nothing would surprise me anymore. Nothing would surprise me. You know, let the guy – and I'm not comparing myself to, to Paul Tesori because we both have the same personalities. You know, we're both pretty happy-go-lucky out there and that kind of stuff. We can chat it up. We can quiet it down depending on the player, you know, whatever it takes. But, you know, if I'm caddying for a guy like Cam Young, the first thing I'm telling him is I, I don't think I need to tell you anything. You know, just go out and play, just go out and play. And if you have a question, ask me, I'll, I'll have an answer for you. You know, so that's that's my own that's my own personal opinion on on Cam Young. I think he's going to win a bunch of times, you know, but the first one's always the toughest. Right, Matt? First one's always the toughest. It is Never the toughest. Happened. I mean, I I it's kind of sad because I feel like the Ryder Cup could have been that situation that propelled him into yeah. all of a sudden having an unbelievable year next year and yeah. breaking through. Yep. So yep. a little disappointing from that little side of things. But we got we're going to have a hell of a we're going to have a hell of a Ryder Cup show coming up. I've I've been involved in a couple. I can kind of tell you. There's going to be out, some stories. There's going to be some good stories. I got some good <laughs> stories. <laughs> I got some really good stories. But no dirt. Not not really. There's not really any dirt to talk about. I mean, I could talk about some post party dirt and that kind of stuff, but I I don't think I want to do that. Uh oh! I mean, you might, you might, I might, you might be talked into it. I get a heavy-duty nicotine pouch running through me, and I might just start <laughs> singing like a canary. Woof! I'm out of breath. Anything else? I mean, that sums it up for the U.S. Ryder Cup picks. Obviously, we're a little bit unsatisfied with it. It was kind of obvious that Zach was going to do that and go in that direction. So it is what yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, good luck. I mean, I hope it works out. I hope we become the European I squad that, really you know, too. really that team aspect comes into play and really yeah. shows up over in Rome. Um, now, in regards to what to watch this week, because – there's no PGA Tour events, no. so that includes Corn Ferry. Yep. There's only a couple things to watch, folks. And here is your rundown. So number one, 
You've got the Omega European Masters starting oh, on yeah. Thursday. That is a DP that's World a Tour one. event. Yep. So yep. that's pretty solid. Man, that's going to start. A good one. That's that's Kranz, They call it Kranz Montana. It's up in the, the, the ski slope villages. What did you just say to me again last week? You told me about the Grand Poo. Kranz Montana is the name of the golf course, isn't it? Kranz okay. Montana. I thought you were like yelling yeah, an obscenity at me again. Well, it's it's up and it's up in in the skiing area. It's actually it's the golf course. They actually ski on the golf course during the winter. If I'm not mistaken, Sergio and that's where the big money lives. Sergio and Adam Scott have a have a. a condo there we do have one american in the field that a guy that was a rookie last year that we raved about justin sue who kind yeah. of who didn't play great towards the end of the year but we always have an american in the field so he'll be in the field and you know matt fitzpatrick's in the field and i think it's from what i've heard from other caddies and troy Merritt's played in it numerous times and he's like man it's one of the coolest tournaments out there so we do have that to watch obviously that's going to be a fun one that starts at 7 a.m eastern actually is that eastern time let me make sure all times are in eastern time so yes 7 30 a.m eastern then at 6 p.m eastern Mm -hmm. we've got the lpga portland classic folks go watch yourself some nelly corda okay yeah is she playing i have no idea but okay. go watch yourself some Nelly Corda. Way to ruin that segment, Bobby. Nobody was going to go watch because it's the LPGA Tour. I'm just kidding, LPGA Tour. I love you. You you ladies are phenomenal. I mean, some of the best golf yeah. swings. Honestly, if anybody wants to learn how to have a great golf swing, watch yeah. the ladies because yeah, they were so good. fundamentally sound. Yeah, I mean, are. it's better than watching the guys because the guys are so athletic with things. Yeah. But the women have such pure fundamentals. So yeah. go watch yourself some Nelly Corda if she's playing. And then... Friday, you got the same thing. So 7.30 a.m., we got the Omega European Masters, 6 to 9. It's late for the East Coast, but you got a nighttime game going on with the Portland Classic, round two. Then Saturday, this is when it all begins, folks, because the Omega European Masters is going to go on a tape delay. So they're going to have that at 2 to 5.30 p.m. because... It's day one of the Walker Cup, yes, which is 8.30 a.m. Eastern time to 2 p.m. So actually, it's going to be 5.30 a.m. my time. So I'm going to have to get up a little bit early this Saturday, have quite a few coffees. Um, But here's the thing. For those of you that are interested in watching the Omega European Masters Round 3 and not waiting for the tape delay, because the tape delay comes on right after the Walker Cup. So you could have yourself a nice little Saturday with the Walker Cup. Then you're going to watch the Omega. And then you're going to jump into the Portland Classic. But there is an option to watch the Omega European Masters at its normal time, which is going to be 6.30 a.m. And that is going to be on the NBC Sports app. And then Sunday... Once again, it's going to be the same situation, folks. So the Omega European Masters, if you want to watch it on the NBC Sports app or wait for the tape delay right after the Walker Cup, day two, and then the Portland Classic. Whew, that is a mouthful, yeah, Bobby. That was, but that that was very nice up. and a great delivery. But you don't want to know what the bad news is. All that time you spent on that, college football starts this weekend on Saturday. Ain't nobody watching any golf. <laughs> <laughs> which by the way i will be at the uh first game for asu which yeah, is actually thursday they gave themselves a self-imposed ban yeah. our, our guys in our tailgate they're all diehard asu fans and we have season tickets i'm not a diehard season ticket holder i'm just a season ticket holder so right. they're going off in this group chat that we have 
and yeah. they want this AD gone. The I think the athletic best director. Yeah, I think the best college football game is Thursday night. Is Florida Utah probably? Actually, I think, I think the best Thursday night game is going to be ASU, and I have no idea who they're playing. No, it's Florida and Utah. <laughs> Utah. Utah. All right. All right. We so any here's the, here's the other great thing about this being our very first live broadcast. I have yep. no idea if I set this up correctly. So I was on with millions.co who is the streaming platform that has a lot of top UFC guys. They've brought us in to be the golf aspect for the streaming platform. And I have no idea if this was set up right. If there's anybody listening right now, just put in a comment. Ask us any question that you want whatsoever. I'm going to give it a couple seconds, Bobby, and we're going to see if there's anybody that, if I can actually see a comment that ends up getting posted on here, because again, we we set up the recording through one service, have it shipped over to millions.co. That way, you know, we can have our setup and everything with our backdrops and whatnot. I mean, your backdrop's phenomenal. You got mul- multiple angles there. That green screen, I don't know why you set up your green screen like that, but it's fantastic. I like your St. Andrews better. <laughs> Which, by the way, this is where yeah, the it looks like, it looks like that Walker exactly Cup's happening. 18 days out of the year there, I think. I know, right? So. <laughs> Here's the thing. We'll wrap it up. I mean, I don't know if there's anybody on, but um, that being said, I don't know if I set it up correctly either, Bobby. Like so we're starting all over again. We're starting from square one. I, like I mean, I, I like didn't that. do a great job, I would say, of getting the word out there. So we'll see as the weeks go on. We'll build up a real yeah. presence um, and we will get uh, YouTube added as well, which YouTube was not one that uh, was an option tonight. So okay. they need like 24 hours or something like that for approval. Yeah, so no we'll start to bring we'll over some of our YouTube subscribers and so forth over to this live broadcast. And then I was also talking with uh, Mook, our, our guy over oh, in yeah, Australia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Mook. unfortunately, so shout out to Mook. He lost his father. So oh, want to send Sorry, our condolences Mook. out to you. Yeah. He's been going through a tough time. And uh, we were chatting on Instagram and um, just going back and forth on some stuff. But uh, I told him, I was like, hey, we miss your comments on YouTube, man. And that's when he told me about his father passing and going through a tough time and everything. He's like, but the guys still get together every Friday and listen to the podcast and everything. So I don't suspect that they'll be on live with us. Um, at any point, just because of the time difference, but you never know, Bobby. So in the weeks to come, we'll be doing our recordings um, live just like this. And man, I can't wait for Ryder Cup week. So tonight, folks, we have gone over Victor Hovland's dominance and really how he has shape-shifted from being a happy-go-lucky college frat kid who's smoked a ton of pot it seemed like for a while and then turned into this machine a disciplined professional who just he looks unbeatable i think and i oh i forgot to mention this i was a guest on a podcast called sports town this Mm -hmm. past week and it was actually on friday and he was asking me about victor hovland and i go well first of all he's going to win this week Mm-hmm. And I was adamant because I just saw it out of Victor. Mm-hmm. And a couple things that I noticed too is that Eduardo Molinari, 
is the one who's doing his stats and strategy now. Did, did you hear about that. that? Yeah, I did read that. And then on top of that, you got Mayo who's convinced him of his short game, but he just looked like an absolute machine. Wasn't smiling, wasn't super friendly out there, and I think that is the turning point for Victor Hovland. So expect him to win a major next year. And yep. then I also brought up the, uh, oh gosh, what was the other one that uh, I brought up as well? Oh, Wyndham Clark. So watch out for him next year because now that he's got confidence, finished third at the Tour Championship like we talked about, but watch out for him in 2024 because after the Ryder Cup experience, that's another guy that I think is just going to go off. He's got every piece of his game now completely put together. Uh, We talked a little bit about Xander and just bad timing and bad luck. We went over the Walker Cup. We're very excited about that. The U.S. is going to dominate. We got the Ryder Cup with the U.S. captain's picks. little suspect. I mean, Twitter was going off because there's a lot of live golf lovers on uh, Twitter, and then uh, which I think we're broadcasting to right now, so who knows. Um, but then we've also got the uh, what to watch this weekend with the Walker Cup starting on Saturday, the Omega European Masters starting on Thursday, and the Portland Classic LPGA tournament starting on Thursday as well. And then obviously a lot of people are going to be watching college football, including myself. That's it, Bobby. Well That's done all. tonight. Out. Well well done tonight. Hang on for me, Bobby, because remember, we got to yep. upload this whole yep. thing after uh, we're done here. But here we go. I'm going to hit the uh, final button of the night. Thank you for tuning in to Season 2 of the Pull Hook Golf Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe and go to www.pullhookgolf.com for more information. See you later.